Hello there, Nicola Barden here from Q102's Weekend Buzz. I hope you are all doing really well and thank you so, so much for pressing play today to listen to this episode. Before I let you listen to the whole thing, I just have a little bit of news for you. So if you're a fan of the Weekend Buzz or this is the first time you've ever listened to it, amazing and thank you and scroll back. We've got over 70 episodes there. So there's some great chats for you to listen to from the likes of the cast of SVU, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Grey's Anatomy, loads of stuff, some amazing singers, reality stars, great in-depth conversations for you to enjoy and I know that's what you're here for so that's why I have to tell you my news I have rebranded the show and it is now strictly podcast so it's no longer on radio it is just podcast and it goes under the name tis yourself so do come and find us we're on um, Instagram and Twitter and obviously all the places that you're listening to podcasts so if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google, Castbox, Good Pods, Spotify we are there I am there with my over 50 guests, fantastic guests. You're going to love some of them. They're absolutely amazing. So we've got some of the cast from like Games of Thrones, Breaking Bad. Yes, Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. Can you believe it? Uh, Some amazing singers like Shane Ward, Matt Cardle are there. We have the actor Jerry O'Connell, who had some surprising roots to Ireland, you won't believe. We have... The likes of Tom Lenk from Buffy, who played Andrew. Um, if you're Irish, you'll know the names James Patrice, Trisha's Transformation, Tommy Fleming, the Nolan family. There's loads and loads of stuff in there. We've Sarah Jane Dunn from Hollyoaks. We've got some cast of EastEnders. So there's a real mix of Irish, UK, US guests. And we're just adding to them every single day. We're getting some new guests. Season four is just about to be launched. So come and join me. I'm over here waiting for you to discover me. That's Tiz Yourself with me, Nicola Barden. Hope you enjoy this episode. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Weekend Buzz here on Dublin's Q102. Thanks a million for tuning in. Nicola Barden here with you for the next little while. And as I mentioned before the break, my next guest is... A-list, Hollywood. He was talking to me live from California, from Glendale. He is, he's one of those people that you will know him probably from his role as Charles Boyle in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but he's been in so much other stuff. Joe Latrulio, he's been in Friends, he's been in Community, he's been in I Love You Man, he's in Pitch Perfect and he's actually in The Comey Rule, which Brendan Gleeson is starring as Donald Trump in. He's playing Jeff Sessions in that, so... He like, but yet again, I always associate him as Charles Boyle because you know seven seasons of Brooklyn Nine Nine, one of my favorite shows. I've 
Two of, two of my favourite shows are set in New York and are cop shows Law and Order SVU and uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine very different styles of shows in terms of content but both are brilliant and both are set in cop shows in New York so myself and Joe caught up over Zoom and we had such good crack and there's so oh, this man I could have talked to for hours and hours on end but you can listen back to myself and Joe Latrulio here talking from California to Dublin here on Dublin's Q102 I'm great. I'm, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bit hot here in Glendale, California today. It's around 100 degrees. So um, staying indoors mostly today. Well, I'm just saying from here, I'm very jealous. <laughs> You're jealous. What is it like there? Um, I just went for a walk and it's raining. So ah, <laughs> what I would give for the rain, quite frankly. <laughs> if we could just swap right now, if we could just yeah. have you leave this country, I would swap happily. <laughs> sure, I didn't know you had Irish citizenship. Andy was telling me this and it was, yeah. I suppose your surname says Italian. I know. It's quite strange to have a passport, uh, an Irish passport that says Latrulio. Um, my, my mom's dad, my grandfather was uh, born there, born in Cork, uh, in Colleen, in Ascara. Uh, near there and um, and yeah and I, I had actually been pursuing citizenship even before the presidency here uh, so it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't quite an escape plan although now I guess it can be um, I, I, I think I, I received my uh, the, the foreign birth register I think in 2015 and and got got the passport in early 2016 but I couldn't be more thrilled um, you know my my Irish heritage is something I uh, quite excited about, and um, I always equate it with such good humor. And uh, <clears throat> I had a lot of t- have a lot of cousins, um, Irish cousins, and so I think that's where actually a lot of my humor, the volume of my voice, <laughs> between like being Italian and Irish, between the use of hands. And everything else, it's it's quite it's perfect for the business that I'm in. Um, last time I was there, uh, I think it was for my my bachelor party, uh, which was in 2014, and and me and a group of friends. You might have heard about this because I had. Yeah, you went viral in Ireland for that bachelor party. <laughs> we, we really did. Uh, it was quite it was quite fun. Uh, and also, I had never been up to Donegal um, uh, before. And so that's ultimately where we were. We flew into Shannon and then went up the west side and hit Galway and Sligo and then ended up in Donegal. And, and it was just beautiful. I, I, you know, I'd never been to that part of the country before. And you didn't expect that your, uh, your stag party was going to end up in all the news, all the TV over here. <laughs> I'm glad we behaved. I mean, other than the Jamesons and the Guinness, there was really nothing um, too unsavory going on other than that. So um, it was quite fun. Yeah, it it looked like a lot of fun. I was looking up the pictures um, yesterday, just kind of recapping. And you had Peter Dinklage, you had um, so many people. Paul Rudd was there and there was yeah. everybody wanted yeah. to be in photographs. You, there was about 400 of you on this bachelor party. I'm, you know, I've been close friends with all those guys well before, you know, any of them hit. We all kind of uh, just knew each other from New York. Um, Bobby Cannavale, I actually have known since I was... 15 years old, you know, he's originally from, he was born in New Jersey. I was born in New York, 
but we both moved down to South Florida. Uh, you know, I moved down there when I was five. I think Bobby moved down when he was 13 or 14. And so I've been, I've been good friends with Bobby for, for, for a long time and still, and still am. Even after the bachelor party. After the bachelor party. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you had such a good time here. Um, and that you didn't throw your passport away afterwards. No. Oh goodness. <laughs> No, I actually was there, I think, before I got the official citizenship. So I have yet to be back where I can kind of walk through, you know, uh, residents of Ireland, that little that little, uh, you know, aisle at the airport. I'm looking forward to just. Yeah, before this, you've just been with the American travelers. Now you're like, I'm a local. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. You um, are you back filming um, at the moment in L.A. or are you? We're not. Um, We are slated to start filming Brooklyn. November 2nd, I believe we're supposed to start up again and they're figuring out the COVID protocol and whatnot. Um, but I, I start work a little bit before that for Reno 911, oh, yeah. um, which is why I have, I know your listeners can't see it, but we're zooming and I have this weird <laughs> mustache going. Um, and that we're going to, I'm going to do a few days on that show starting October 19th, I think. Okay. So you're, there are stuff then in Hollywood that are actually starting back up again. There's a few. There's a few productions going um, now. Um, not a lot, but um, yeah, we're we're slowly starting to get back uh, back to work. Uh, and um, I haven't been since since the lockdown or since the since we started the pandemic here. Uh, so I'm I'm quite you know unfamiliar with really the how they're figuring it out. You know, a, a few buddies of mine have started work and, you know, they, they, they look like they have one of those like cones around there that dogs wear after like surgery. They have like this weird, a friend, my buddy Ken Marina sent this picture of, he's got like a kind of a clear cone. And then under the cone there's a face mask. And like, it's really, it's like a hazmat. I mean, it's like a bola or something. I mean, it was truly uh, protective um, as it should be, I suppose, but um, it, it'll make the things, um, a little bit trickier when we when we when we film. Yeah, I was chatting to one of the guys on Grey's Anatomy, and he was saying, "This is how you find out the real celebrity couples because they're the only ones who can kiss." So- yeah. <laughs> well, luckily, I have an incredible wife uh, who's also an incredible actor that um, we put word out to our agent saying, "Look, if you need a couple." <laughs> <laughs> you both have experience. Well, we don't want Charles to now cheat on his wife in Brooklyn, but it could be in some of the other shows. That's right. That's right. I'm very excited that Brooklyn will be starting back up again in November because there was obviously the fear that it might not, none of the shows might not start up for a year, two years. And then the, the worry is would people, would the networks even bother going back there? Yeah, we we were very lucky. Um, our, our show has been very lucky throughout its eight year run. It really has. And we've gone through so many different chapters, um, both in the show and the stories and our lives. So, you know, it's it's truly the high point um, of my career so far being involved in this show. Uh, and, you know, when they picked us up for season eight, um, of course, this was before the pandemic. We were we were thrilled, and then since since the pandemic and a lot of the other um, social political events that have happened in this country, uh, it's definitely affected um, the storylines. Um, and we haven't seen any scripts. We've we've had conversations, the cast and I, and the creator Dan Gore, and we're just very excited that Brooklyn Nine Nine is now. Uh, 
in, in, in a new chapter, really, you know, we're fortunate enough to have been around so long that we, we can evolve. And now here we are in, you know, 2020 and uh, excited to tell more stories from, from this precinct. And the thing is, Brooklyn does, obviously, it's a comedy, so you don't want to go too heavy on the storylines. But when they do them, they do them in a, a good tone, like the Me Too episode when Amy was trying to teach, you know, Jake about how women are treated and she's so used to that. But yet there's still funny moments in that without making it like you're coming from my co- I'm coming from a comedy and it's serious tone, but there is light heart yeah. in it. It's tricky. Um, it's a balance, and um, Dan Gore and our amazing writers took. Uh, it took a while for us to really finally um, do an episode like that. And I think one of the first, if not the first, was probably not until season four. Uh, and I think that was the Moo Moo episode where um, Jeffords gets uh, racially profiled. And you know, it's hard because you're right. We are a comedy show, and yet um, we have an opportunity to. Uh, really kind of get these issues, um, get a dialogue about them, um, provide a little bit of insight, uh, and yet still keep people coming back for why they came to the show originally, which is the humor and the inclusion and these really well-developed characters. So I'm, like I said, it's, it, they never cease to surprise me, the writers uh, and Dan Gore on, the, on, on how they handle the show. So I suppose being a cop show set in New York, it would be weird if you didn't bring up some of the stuff like with the Black Lives Matter movement. Obviously, it's so prominent now in the US. It would be weird if the show came back and didn't mention that or didn't mention COVID. There There would have to be some sort of link to it, I suppose. I agree. Uh, you don't want to come off as tone deaf or not really, or living in too much of a bubble. Obviously, we are. We are. It's a television show, and we have always expressed that we want to present Brooklyn um, as how we wish the police would be, or mm-hmm. how we wished the the um, you know the kind of the the rules and protocol of of law enforcement would be. And so we we never attempted to be anything other than that. So. Uh, when we have these issues that we have in this country right now, yeah, we, we want to address them uh, as well. But it is tricky being a cop show. Um, I'm on two of them at the moment. <laughs> so, you, know, you know, and they're two very different approaches um, as well, the two very different um, shows in terms of how they work their humor as well. Um, but it needs to be done, I think. I think it's uh, the responsible thing to do. And you also um, are in the Comey rule. So you're Jeff Sessions in that, obviously. So you're, again, you're set, like you as Joe. Are My in- career is really all about law enforcement <laughs> and the roles I take, whether it's with the Department of Justice, whether it's with the NYPD, the Reno Sheriff's Department. It could be the Secret Service in a movie called Paul I did uh, a while, or the FBI, rather. So I, I it, it, it does seem to be a running theme in the roles that I play. I don't know if I have a cop face or it's just the vibe I give off, but I'm Did just- Did you want to be a cop growing up or something? Were you like I begging? No, I, I had always, um, uh, you know, I, I, I follow the rules for sure, but I, you know, my parents were uh, courageous enough to always allow me to question authority. And so I often did it, um, but I was not, uh, at all a troublemaker or really at all. So no, I didn't want to be a cop. I, I was lucky enough to know what I wanted to do at an early age. Which is really amazing because like, n- like now in 2020, there, the young people are very much going for what they want. But, you know, if you even just 10 years ago, parents would be like, mm, 
go to college and get a get a good degree and then go and do your your little hobby or whatever they've been incredibly supportive and i think part of the reason is because they really had no idea how the how awful the entertainment industry is <laughs> and therefore couldn't couldn't really warn me on on the peaks and, and valleys um that would be happening so no they i i think they had seen that I had a love for it at a very early age and were, I can't thank them enough. They've, uh, they've still continue to be such uh, my biggest fans. So I'm lucky. What, what do you think for them when they look at you, what was the sign that you made it in their eyes? Like, was there a certain movie or a role that you played? Yeah, well, it was a certain event. Um, and I could speak for my father who uh, it was when we were, uh, I was doing the, the State, which was an MTV show back in the mid nineties. And um, it was the first the job that I'd gotten right out of college. The, all of us had gotten this job. We were working um, in Times Square uh, at the 1515 Broadway building, which is uh, a gigantic building there. And where MTV, all the offices were. And I, I went into, I took my dad to see the offices. So I, I went into the lobby and, um, and of course there's a security check-in there uh, and the security guard um, said, good morning, Mr. Latulio. Uh, and my, my dad was about to say hello and good morning when he realized that the security guard was talking to me. <laughs> and, um, and then I brought him up to, um, I think we were on the 50th floor uh, and he saw this incredible staff of people that were working under myself and my incredible friends and he was floored he was like oh like this is a not only do you have a job but you're you're kind of the boss here uh, along with these other 10 kids is it the 11 of you kids are running this thing and so he uh i think that was a moment where he realized that um it went beyond the dream and now we were into a paycheck which made him happy and he's like oh he's a big deal it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a moment any son longs for. You were like, if I can't go into law enforcement, dad, this is what I got for you. I have, I have an in with some of the law enforcement here in the lobby. Uh, that's something. So. <laughs> I just, I couldn't believe when I saw you transforming into Jeff Sessions, because when I, when I look at him, you know, before I saw you transformed, I was like, I, I couldn't see it. And ne then I saw the transformation video you put up. And now I can't not see you when I see pictures. It's really I know. I, I, I let the cat out of the bag. That work is just is stellar, incredible, care, uh, careful work by the hair and makeup team there on the Comey rule. And um, they just did such a wonderful job. Uh, that look is, I, I attest to the main success of of me in that part and I, i'm not trying to be self-effacing here i i truly do believe that because you know once you have that makeup it's very easy to do you know to imitate an accent which is you know what i was doing basically mm. um but it, it was really them that really kind of helped um create that that illusion so they, they did wonderful work did you have any worries about taking on the role obviously with the political side of stuff and the way everything is at the moment ahead of the election were you a bit I'm not sure. No, not at all. I, I you know, it's, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an actor. It's a job. Um, you know, it's something that I know is quite sensitive now, but I also felt like uh, I was in good hands with Billy Ray, the writer and director. I thought um, 
he was handling um, the direction very well and his angle was was very fair i thought um they don't paint comey as like a you know they definitely go over his his flaws in mm. this in this movie um but you know the blowback for me personally as an actor it, it's rare that that comes back on actors it, it will come back on the writers the directors um but you know you're not going to blame an actor for playing um a person that may not be well liked you know the irony really of playing this part and i brought this up in in other interviews is that you know my wife's uh family uh are from alabama and uh, her aunt my my aunt is um uh, very close. I don't know how close, but uh, knows Jeff Sessions. So I, I you know, I, the, if I had any reservation, it was that they wouldn't be happy. Um, but of course, she was thrilled um, and very excited for me. Um, she knows how hard it is to get a job as an actor, and she got a big kick out of it that her, you know, progressive nephew-in-law was playing this role. Um, I try not to think too hard about stuff like that. I thought the message was important to get across. I think what happened in this country four years ago was was also important to get to to talk about. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That was the thing, because I interviewed Brendan, um, Brendan Gleeson, a couple of months ago, and he said he wasn't going to do any promo for um, the Comey Rule because he said it would just turn into a political warfare. And he did, and obviously who he's playing, he might I get saved. I agree. I, I, I don't blame him. I think it's, you know, I'm in the movie for a scene or two. And, uh, you know, Jeff S- Sessions is not as explosive a personality or a political figure. Mm. He's pretty big, but certainly not anything compared to this president. So um, I don't blame Brendan for for uh, for staying out outside of that circus. Uh, he's wonderful. Man, what a what a wonderful guy. Um, and I didn't talk to him much. You know, we had a couple scenes together, but, um, you know, he's he's Irish. He's just. Uh, you know, he's got this like, you know, this this great enthusiasm about him. And, um, you know, it's a pleasure to watch him work. 
Yeah, he, he's a good, he's a good guy. When I spoke to him, he was cleaning his house. His wife had basically said, "You're in lockdown. Get rid of all the crap that you have." Yeah. And instead, he just kept doing what we all do when you're cleaning. You find stuff and you sit on your bed and you look at it for twenty minutes, and then yeah. he talked to me about it for an hour. So I don't think his wife was well pleased. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing a lot. I've been um, just doing a, a really yeah, reading and writing in the lockdown. You know, um, spending time with my uh, my son and and um, family, and so it's been really nice. Um, I think everybody's had to shift a little bit and really kind of take advantage of this time because everyone can't wait to get out of it. Right. And mm-hmm. including myself, we all want to get out of this lockdown. Um, but there will be a time in a year in two years, whenever, where we're going to be able to be like, remember when we didn't really have to do anything yeah. because nothing was going on and it was horrible. But now what a man, what I would give to just not to have to do anything, but like watch some movies or read a book right now. Um, I know. And having your kid hang out with you. Yeah. And like, cause when does, you know, kids are like, oh, parents, but then they've nothing right. else to do. So you're like, ha ha, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just trying to look at it that way and, and really and know that it's going to end hopefully soon. And when it does, it's not quite like going to be like this again. Um, but you're going back to work. So you're back to Reno um, in a couple of weeks and then yeah. Brooklyn pretty much straight after. Is there a lot of crossover in terms of your schedule? Like this? No, no. It turns out that it's actually dovetailing quite, quite nicely. Uh, I'll be done with Reno about a week before um we start in brooklyn so i'm not i'm not on reno too they, they have a very quick um production schedule there i think they're they're you know they're, it's for quibi you know the segments are very um short they're brief um i think the boys and carrie have to just uh create about you know i don't know how many minutes of material but i think they're shooting everything in about two weeks you know okay. so the whole season so they're they're going to do that pretty quickly and then how long does an episode of Brooklyn take then? Because obviously we see 23 or 24 minutes, but. Yeah, well, for the first seven seasons, we would do one episode every five days. So, you know, we start Monday and we dump Friday and we'd have an episode. I think with the pandemic and any other um, logistical issues that may pop up, um, I think they're taking a little bit longer. Maybe it'll be uh, like seven work days for each episode as opposed to the five. Um, so we, um, we, we should be done um, early spring of next year, you know, for our 10 episodes that we're doing this. I'm very excited to see what they do with Charles because every season he's just gotten better and better. Like I rewatched it over lockdown and mm. season one, he's like real goofy and, you know, he's mad after Rosa and, you know, and when you think about when you know the ending of where Charles is now, you're like, yeah. we'd never work with Rosa. <laughs> No, 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 not at all. No, that's uh, been a a great arc um, to have watched over the course of the series. Uh, Charles, Charles starting to put a filter on himself a little bit or trying to, uh, you know, be a little bit more aware of of, uh, some of the things he says and does. Um, I also am very excited about where Charles is going to go. You know, we've had Dan Gore and I have had discussions as he's had with with all the cast and you know there's some really wonderful ideas um that's going that obviously i can't divulge but like it it you know much of it does involve charles's family life it involves of course always jake uh, <laughs> as, as as a dad and um but yeah Char- charles is i'm just so lucky to play the guy he, he, he's such a resilient character um and that's one of the fun things to play a 
about uh, Charles to play is is this idea that every time he gets knocked down, he just kind of like he, he just uh, jumps back up. He, he's yeah. really you can't really get his spirit down. And that's a very, very fun character to play. Do you get any, do they allow you to kind of, um, you know, they'll tell you the scene, they're saying, right, you know, it's Jake and Charles that are doing this. And, you know, because Charles is so lovey towards Jake, do they kind of let you just go with it and, you know, rub his head when you want or whatever it is in the scene? So sometimes, I mean, yes, the short answer is yes, they would allow me to do that. But, you know, the we really stick to the script. You know, the script is really something that um, we... You know, because also I think the first couple of seasons, certainly the first season, we did that a lot. And then you realize you watch the show and a lot of most of that stuff gets edited mm. out. So, yeah. you know, you also don't want to extend the workday for the hardworking crew that's there. And, you know, you want to kind of just shoot the scene, uh, have fun with it, obviously. And if we have a great idea, of course, we always do it. We'll have alternate um, jokes that are already written that will run a few times. But we, we've tempered down the ad-libbing and the improving because you know, we find that it doesn't really stay in the show as much. <laughs> you enjoy it, but it doesn't stay on screen. <laughs> that's, that's correct. That's correct. You don't want a bunch of crew guys kind of rolling their eyes like, oh, right, can we get, it's like, Sam, can we go home now? <laughs> and like, yes, you could do your dance maybe at home, the Charles dance. <laughs> <you know. laughs> But they all, I think they all, um, the characters for a show to last seven seasons and go into an eighth one, each individual character has kind of grown. We've seen like with Rosa, you know, going from where she was at the start to where she's now. The same with Charles getting married and having a kid. Still obsessed with Jake, obviously. And then, of course, Jake and Amy, the big one. And, mm-hmm. and even Terry, we see with him and his kids growing up. And it's kind of like every season when I start, I'm like, where can they go from here? Because it nearly ends perfectly at the end of each season. You're kind of going, how can they? And then it does each time. Yeah, I, I again. That's our 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 writers are, are really good. I think you, if the characters grow right and they turn into something different, now there's a different starting place for them, and there's going to be different issues that uh, that appear now that they are this person. So it it. it it's very tricky to do, but it also is very natural to do because once they change, a whole different set of problems and circumstances come to that character now that they're this type of character, you know? And so I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, it's, I think that's why the show has been so successful is because, you know, there's, there's elements that we hit again and again. There are certain storylines that are very familiar and we tweak a little bit, um, but, we, we we try we try to make them new, make them a little interesting. You know, what like what what's the turn here? You know, how how can they change? And I think and, Andy is such a genius that I'm sure when he gets an idea and it go that's the idea is nearly set in stone because his ideas are so mental but yet brilliant. Andy is a terrific. Uh, so many things. He's a terrific producer. He's a terrific friend and he's a terrific writer and an actor. He, he really wears all the hats uh, very, very well. Um, he's happiest when he sees the joke working and the comedy working. And it doesn't matter who's delivering the slam dunk. It doesn't have to be him, um, which is why he's such a pleasure to work with. Um, 
both he and Dan Gore and our, 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 our top producers there are all very, very collaborative people. Um, it, they're not ego driven people. And, and so, you know, working with Andy has been, uh, it's such a incredibly rewarding experience for me. Um, I knew Andy a little bit before we started working, you know, we, we had done the movie, I love you, man. But even before that, um, we had met, and had mutual friends, but obviously after eight years, you know a person well, and um, I just love the guy. I have, I have his back all, every time. It's funny that you mentioned, I love you, man. I, do you know when you watch a show um, and you know, you're invested in a character, so like I'd watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and now I know you, and I think of Charles and stuff, but recently I've been like over lockdown re-watching different stuff, so Friends, yeah. and I watched Community for the first time from start to finish, oh, and suddenly great. I'm like, hold on, there's Joe. And I'm like, and there's oh, yeah. Joe. Then, because I knew you in the film, but when you associate you then with Charles, suddenly like, oh, he's in a lovely man as well. <laughs> I've been very, very lucky to have uh, the career that I've had. Um, I find the trick is to kind of surround yourself with people that are better than you so you can bring your A game. And so um, I also just like working with uh, collaborative creative people. And, you know, certainly community is, is right up there. Uh, you know, that whole group, that cast and, and, and Dan Harmon and, and everyone involved in that show and Joel, that they're just terrific people. Yeah. I've, I had watched, uh, it was one of those shows that it's kind of like Brooklyn in a way that you don't always have to watch in sequence. So I'd seen yeah. you know, an episode here, an episode there, but because it came onto Netflix, I was like, I'll watch this from the start. And suddenly you see people in season one who are superly famous now and yeah. it was filmed in, you know, 2010 or whatever. And you're like, but I never understood how it wasn't bigger. It's now cult because of Netflix nearly, but it was ne- I didn't understood, understand how it wasn't a bigger show. Oh, yeah. But, but see, over here, um, we the UK have a channel E4 and that's where Brooklyn Nine-Nine would be on. So it's okay. usually yeah. Friends, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and the Goldbergs. And that's just every day from like... 5 p.m. till like yeah. 11. <laughs> like any given day, you can kind of go, I feel like watching Friends. I put on the floor. <laughs> same with Brooklyn. So <laughs> you can never, never be missing it. That's well, that explains so much of the fandom over there. When I went over there, we we're just really flattered. Um, that's so many, um, so many of you guys are watching it over there in Ireland. It's, uh, and, you know, the cast really loves so many people come up to us and say that Brooklyn is a show that, you know, they watch with their family and that's just such a rare thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we were just so proud of that and uh, hope that continues. Does, uh, is there anything in particular that people tend to shout at you as, as fans that you're like, Oh God, here we go again. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's usually everything you got, the high pissed, everything you got from uh, I love you, man. That's why. <laughs> That whole thing, that 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 often I'm 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 assailed by people in Home Depot or whatever store, and I'll just hear this shriek from the aisle, and I'll be like, oh, okay, thank you, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so you know, comes with the territory. That's all right. I'm just imagining that you're, you know, it's one of those days you're like really tired. You and your wife are just like, let's, I'm just, I'm, do- I'm not talking to you. You're doing my head in or whatever. Next thing, all you, st- all you hear is that. And you're like. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I mean, it's, it's never really, it's not a burden. And, and luckily, uh, 
the people that have been fans of my work, uh, a lot of the projects that I'm part of are, are very specific type of project that attract a very um, rather calm, interesting, funny, normal group of people. Um, so it's never really that uh, inconvenient. Well, calm people and then the Irish fans are a little bit more... <laughs> no, but, you know, even when we were over there, we had such a great time. Wherever we were staying, we hit some pub and, you know, there's that initial, everyone's like, look, oh, oh, wow, it's Paul Rudd and it's, you know, Peter Dinklage. And then everyone settles and, uh, and it's fine. And then you just kind of talk and have a good time. But I found that to be the case over there that um, the Irish were pretty, you know, respectful of boundaries and privacy to an extent, you know, they'll come up and, and say, Hey, we love the show. And can I get a picture? And then that's it. It's nice. It's really lovely over there. We have a we have a notion over here. Basically, we don't want anyone getting too big for their britches. So it's kind of yeah. like we kind of go there. You are Bono, and then you turn around and pretend you don't know it's him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know what? It, I really do love that because that's kind of my, been my take. Even you know before I reached any level of celebrity, like I, that was always my attitude as well. It's like okay, like you know. Yeah, that's what you do for a living. I do this, or I'm this person. And so that's always been a very attractive trait to me for the Irish. Well, I'm glad. And we, I really hope that you do get over to us now at your new passport at some point, you know, well, 2027 when COVID is gone. Yeah, whenever you guys let us in. I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't, are you letting, letting Americans in now? I know I can get in. I'm a resident, so I can just come home. Well, you can just be like, I'm, yeah. I live here, right? Is uh, has that been lifted over there or no? Uh, we have you. If you're coming over here, you have to self-isolate for two weeks. Two weeks, okay. Yeah. Got gotcha. okay. So you have well, to live in a room, basically, in a hotel. You're not allowed to leave, but I see. you're not in yeah. America, so. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we might see you after the election in November. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, my son has his passport as well. I, I think the new the the new. Um, uh, I don't know the rules over there in terms of spouses. I think we would have to live there for three years for my wife to, I think, get uh, citizenship as well. But look, I, you know, I'm, I'm being, I'm exaggerating. Um, <clears throat> we're Americans over here and we're fighters. So depending on what happens after this election, you know, I, I certainly will keep my, uh, my head to the ground and, and uh, fight for what I feel is right over on this side. Well, I don't want to leave. I'm no quitter. The Irish don't quit. <laughs> don't quit but maybe take you know an extended break i'll take a sabbatical maybe i'll take a sabbatical yeah, yeah that way just for your mental health and you know That's stuff right. like that yeah. <laughs> joe it's been such an honor to talk to you you're actually such a star for taking the time out your day i really appreciate uh, it my pleasure anytime uh, uh thank you for having me on the show and uh happy to do uh anything <clears throat> affiliated with um the emerald isle over there well, look, let me know when you're, when you're allowed over and I will show you some of the sites around Dublin, bring you for a nice pint. The nicest pint in Dublin. I'll take you up on it. Thanks so much. <laughs> Listen, best of luck with everything and um, I can't wait to see the new season. Yeah, me too. Take care. Bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Bye. An absolute 
honour I have to say for me and like as uh, you can probably hear me throughout fangirling throughout but I'm a huge Brooklyn Nine-Nine fan so this was really an amazing chance for me to chat to Joe to hear behind the scenes to talk about Andy to talk about you know all the other shows community Um, I love you man I'll I'll always remember that moment there with that little reenactment that he did for me which was so cool and getting to see that on Zoom it was amazing Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It really means a lot to me and I really hope you enjoyed it. Do scroll back and see if there's anything else that you might enjoy. And before I let you go, do remember to come and find me on my new podcast, Tis Yourself. Again, talking to celebrities, this time a lot more in depth. So there might be longer episodes there. And we're talking about what was life like before they became famous, the different alternative roads they could have went down, how life changed for them for good and bad. And so, so, so much more. And of course, the thing that they're best known for. So come and find me, Tis Yourself with Nicola Barden. And I really hope you'll enjoy the new episodes. They're up to date. They're brilliant. There's some great people there. And I'd love your support. So please do come find us. That's Tis Yourself with Nicola Barden.